Whilst for many of us, 2022 pretty much sucked a big fat toffee. It is a new year, and there is a lot to look forward to in 2023. Putin or not. First off, though, a big shout out to a good friend, Ivan Matvichenko of the real estate company Petricor in Ukraine. He is somewhere in the Donbass region, fighting for his family and country, having recently returned to the front line after being wounded. So, please, Ivan, keep your chin up and your head down. Also, as we are talking about it, I would like to give a big shout out to Ukraine Aid Ops. They raise money to send bulletproof vests, amongst other things, to the troops on the front line. These guys run some amazing auctions of handmade arts and craft pieces crafted out of destroyed enemy tanks, aircraft and helicopters under the Fighting War with Art banner. And every penny raised goes to purchase protective equipment to keep the defenders of freedom safe. Go check them out at ukraineaidops.org. So today, we're going to talk about sprinkler systems. Hmm, how can we make that sexy? Let's have a go. But first, let's take a look at what's been happening in the industry since our last podcast, way back last year in 2022. For anyone from Liverpool who grew up in the 1960s and 70s, then the Littlewoods building is just one of those iconic buildings that embodies the affluent past of the city. Built in 1938 in an Art Deco style, the Gerald de Courcy Fraser design building was the headquarters of the Littlewoods Pools. For those too young to understand the pools, it was legalised betting on football matches. However, Less than a year after it opened, with the onset of the Second World War, it was requisitioned by UK Gov for postal censorship and Halifax bomber construction. In 1945, it was handed back to Littlewoods, in whose hands it lay until 1994, when with the onset of the digital age in the National Lottery, it was closed. Laying idle and then devastated by a fire in 2018, it looks a sorry state. I have driven past it recently and wondered what would become of it. So, incredibly pleased that Capital and Centric has entered a joint venture with Liverpool City Council to develop the site into a film studio. Yes, post-Batman, Liverpool is the place to film Hollywood movies. Fantastic. Couldn't be more proud. Now, the Scaffolding Association has appealed to Business Secretary Grant Shapps 
not to scrap the worker height regulations, which require employers to ensure that working at height is planned, supervised and carried out properly by competent people. This is set to expire at the end of the year, the reason being that the government's post-Brexit Revocation and Reform Bill intends to automatically scrap almost 2,500 laws and regulations derived from European Union standards. This is complete lunacy. You shouldn't scrap safety regulations without having a fit-for-purpose alternative. Are you mad, chaps? The drama as to whether higher-risk buildings should have mandatory alternative escape stairwells grinds on and on and on. Firstly, on the 14th of December, the National Fire Chiefs Council called for all high-risk buildings over 18 metres to be mandated for alternative escape stairwells. Well done. Then, only a week later, the government advised that they were seeking alternative stairwells to be mandated on all high-risk buildings over 30 metres. Duh! Hello! Please stop dragging your heels and do the right thing. Make it 11 metres for the basic common sense reason that all fire tenders can reach to 11 metres. But agree a sensible transition regime. Stop pandering to the whims of a few lobbyists and do the right thing, Mr Gove. And whilst you're at it, U-turn on disabled evacuation provision decisions and share your values of inclusion and diversity. Right now, where is my sprinkler system sound effect? Ah, there it is. In the closing years of the 15th century, the Duke of Milan commissioned the young 30-something Leonardo da Vinci to redesign the Duke's kitchen so as to assist the servants prepare the most extravagant and bounteous feasts for the Duke and his very wealthy guests. The kitchen overhaul included for the design and installation of a super oven to prepare food quickly. A conveyor belt, yes, a conveyor belt in the 15th century, go figure that one, for transporting prepared dishes and with great foresight a sprinkler system for the kitchen in case it all went horribly south. On the night of the great unveiling the oven burned too hot. The conveyor belt alternated between too slow and too fast and going backwards and forwards and as the burnt food began to pile up the da Vinci patented sprinkler system kicked in flooding the kitchen, spoiling the food, and without anything to eat, upsetting the Duke and his guests. The da Vinci sprinkler system was not quite the success that young Leonardo had hoped for, and the idea was spectacularly buried for over 200 years.
Then, in 1723, a German-born pharmacist and part-time bomb maker hmm, called Gottfried Hankwitz, or Ambrose Godfrey to his buddies, painted the exploding sprinkler using an explosive charge to release a spray of fluid to extinguish flames. What could possibly go wrong? Nearly 100 years passed before, in 1812, Sir William Congreve's manually operated fire sprinkler system was installed in the Theatre Royal London. This featured a system that used an airtight reservoir containing approximately 100 tonnes of water. In the event of a fire, this reservoir would feed into a network of smaller distribution pipes that had been pierced with a multitude of holes, creating a rain effect or sprinkler. Perfect. Or not. The system was not automatic and required an attendant to be alerted to a fire and open a number of valves to release the water. Not ideal if the attendant was in the bathroom, otherwise engaged, <laughs> or having a crafty cigarette. Oops. Times passed as any number of inventors tried to solve the automation problem, until in 1872, Philip W. Pratt patented the first automatic sprinkler system. Huzzah, Mr. Pratt, you are the 19th century Elon Musk. But two years later, in 1874, Henry S. Parmalee of New Haven, Connecticut, improved upon Pat's design, creating a new and improved system. In fact, Many consider Mr. Parmalee as the inventor of the first practical automated sprinkler head. These sprinkler heads operated individually with the heat of a fire causing the bulb contained inside them to shatter, initiating the release of water. Fast forward seven years to 1881 and another American Frederick Grinnell, the owner of the company who manufactured Parmalee's system, decided to improve the design and patent his very own sprinkler system. The Grinnell sprinkler was born, which later went on to be considered the first practical automated sprinkler system. Still widely sold across the globe, and Grinnell's company is now owned by the behemoth that is, Johnson Controls. What was that? Had the sprinkler evolved folly? Well, no. In fact, in 1953, research by Factory Mutual identified the benefits of replacing the conventional Grinnell pattern sprinkler with a more effective spray sprinkler system. This later went on to become the industry standard design. Special thanks to IFSEC Global for most of the narrative used in this plotted history of the sprinkler system. So, was that it? Had the sprinkler evolved fully? Well, no. Up until the 1980s, sprinkler pipes were almost exclusively made from steel. 
it was robust and thought to be the best product to survive a fire while still dispensing water. But it had a number of disadvantages. It corroded. It was expensive. It took a lot of resource to install and it usually involved hot working during the installation process, which could obviously lead to fires. So along came Blazemaster's CPVC pipework, made from the plasticide polymer chlorinated polyvinyl chloride, hence CPVC. It was light, it was more flexible, and it was cheaper than steel. It didn't corrode. You didn't need hot work to install it. And amazingly, it was difficult to burn, and it self-extinguishes. You see, CPVC has an LOI, that's a limiting oxygen index, of 60. That means it requires an atmosphere containing 60% oxygen to sustain a flame. The Earth's atmosphere is only contains 21% oxygen, so CPVC stops burning as soon as you stop applying the flame to it. All is good with sprinkler systems. Uh, no. You see, following a series of sprinkler pipe failures dating back to the early 2000s, in late 2006, an in-house chemist at the manufacturer received sections of failed CPVC pipe from a sprinkler system used in a Pennsylvania development. She concluded the presence of a fatty acid amide oil of unknown origin caused the leak and a severe crazing damage to the interior of the pipe and fitting. Then, in January 2007, the same chemist received fail pipe from a different development and reported the cracking and crazing caused by a surfactant of unknown origin. There then followed an alleged series of events that some are calling a cover-up and triggered a class lawsuit of upwards of $7 billion. So what exactly is the issue? Well, it appears a number of chemicals used in other building materials were interacting with a CPVC and making it brittle. Having a brittle sprinkler pipe is not ideal, as the water contained within the pipe is under significant pressure, and that combination can lead to burst pipes and damage. Worst even is the fact that many developments are reliant on sprinklers to afford life safety. And if they are fundamentally flawed, then you can't depend on them when to be available when you most need them. In a fire. But what are these chemicals? And where are they contained? Amongst other things, antimicrobial steel pipe coatings, decorators corks, cleaning fluids, disinfectants, duct sealant, leak detection tape, pipe tape, thread sealants, water move materials, and most worryingly, fire stopping. Yes, the material that you seal the holes with that you had punched through fire compartment walls to feed the sprinkler pipes through actually rots the sprinkler pipes. Nice. Checking last night, there were 23 fire stopping materials produced identified by the manufacturer that attacked and degraded CPVC sprinkler pipes. 23! That's a huge number because that accounts for almost 50% of the fire-stopping materials products available in Europe. 
So, I'll ask you now, are you comfortable with those odds? I am not, and if I was the building safety regulator, I might just ask you whether you know what fire-stopping product is wrapped around your sprinkler pipes as part of your safety case report, because if you don't know, how do you know whether your sprinkler pipes are degraded or not? And therefore, how do you know that they will work when you need them to? Just saying, if you are the accountable person, you need to know this stuff. You carry the criminal liability, so you should make yourself aware. Finally, to wrap up all of the ranting about sprinkler systems, let's look at some applicable standards. Well, as of the 30th of June 2021, the third revision of BS 9251 Fire Sprinkler Systems for Domestic and Residential Occupancies came into full force and effect. It's in full force and effect now. This was previously released in 2005 and then updated in 2014. The new BS 9251-2021 makes some significant improvements. And here is what they are. BS 9251-2021 now aligns to BS EN 16925-2018 Fixed Fire Systems, Automatic Residential Sprinkler Systems, Design, Installation and Maintenance. It now applies to any and all residential buildings of any height. It categorises buildings based on risk. So buildings over 18 metres in height, the higher risk buildings, are now known as Category 4. It varies sprinkler head design and increases sprinkler head spacing. And it enhances guidance on prelims, consultation and water supplies. So for a Category 4 buildings, that's higher risk buildings, you need at least two water tanks with each holding at least 50% capacity of a one-hour supply. Right, so two water tanks required, at least. And they need to have backup power supply for the pumps and dual mains feeds for each of the tanks for water. Communal areas now need sprinkler protection. And finally, bathrooms under five square meters may also now need sprinkler protection dependent on the fit-out standards applied to the bathroom. So you see, sprinklers, who'd have thought they can be sexy? We've given you their history, we've given you some controversy, and we've given you the standards. What more can you expect from Halo in 2023? Right, time out, happy new year, I'm out of here. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Halo Construction and Real Assets Podcast. Remember, compliance is the minimum standard of acceptability.